We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Ryan, let's move on to the defense and let's talk about what the defense needs to do. And and we're going to stick mostly as we look through these, it's going to stick mostly to stuff about Notre Dame against Marshall, because look, the reality is the defense came out and played really good football in the opener. There's some stuff they got to clean up, but it's, it's about building on the success you've had. So, Hey, keep doing what you're doing and just get better at it is sort of the big picture key. So with the defense, we are going to focus more on really what we want to see them against Marshall. And and here's a big picture thing, and this isn't a key to the game. This is something that I'm just kind of curious about. We saw what Al Golden can do when he's got a whole offseason to prepare for a big-time offense. Lesson learned, I feel really good, like, okay, whenever Notre Dame gets to the a, a postseason game, whether it's a major bowl game or a playoff, I'm going to really look forward to seeing the defensive game plan that Al Golden's going to have ready for that opponent, which is important because, unfortunately, with Notre Dame too often in the past, you know, it was this way with it was this way with Bob Diaco. It was this way with Clark Lee to a, a large degree. Is you kind of know what you're going to get in the postseason because they just kind of were a do what we do kind of coaches. And even though the defense played okay like against Clemson, they you know had some good moments against Clemson. There were still some things Clemson knew they had in their back pocket that they could kind of go to. And so we didn't really get a chance to see Marcus Freeman do that last year since he was you know transitioning from coordinator to head coach. I did like what I saw from his defense in the year before Cincinnati getting ready to play against George in the Peach Bowl in a game they only lost by a point. So I, we, we've seen it there, but now we need to see about all golden. But the next step for him is, okay, what's he what's he doing a week? And he's got a week of preparation. You know, what does he do in far, as far as getting the secondary coverage is where they need to be, getting the game plan where it needs to be? What are the pressures are, are, are going to be like? You know, now you don't have a whole month or offseason to put in your calls and your checks and your adjustments and things like that. You know, what are they going to do now that it's just a week? And it's not that I'm saying it's going to be bad or it's a concern. It's just an unknown because we haven't seen him do it. It's all part of the learning about Al Golden as a coordinator thing. So I don't want that to come across as this is a problem. This is a bad thing. It's just more of a I haven't seen him do it. And so let's see him do it now as he goes into week two. That's an interesting point. Uh, that I think we're going to learn a little bit about Al Golden is, which is 
important because if you can't do it as effectively, then you're not going to be able to build on the success you had last week. If you do do it effectively, then we will see this defense play, continue to play very good football, which it did in the opener. Well, except for pro football focus, who graded Notre Dame's offense out higher than its defense against Ohio State, by the way. So you yeah. love PFF is what you're saying? Was yeah. that a quick plug for PFF? Just yeah. freaking yeah. absurd. The absolute <laughs> absurdity of that. I just it just popped in my head. I still can't believe that. I still cannot believe that they had Notre Dame's offense and run blocking and pass receiving better than the defensive counterparts and all those grades against Ohio State. Just sheer lunacy. Like whoever did that should be fired. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Co- that person should not be doing that anymore. The coverage grades on there was really weird, too. It was like a low. I was like, what did you want them to do better in that game where their right. coverage grades could have been higher? Like, it didn't make any sense. Right. But, I mean, Brian, to your point, though, I was going to say is that everything at one point was an unknown. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not, it's not Nick Saban at Alabama, Nick Saban at LSU, Don Shula with the Dolphins. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what scenario or what example you give at one point everything was an unknown until it wasn't an unknown anymore right so i i i get the the there was fair skepticism over al golden calling a defensive game in this offseason i think he quieted a lot of those doubters in the game Mm -hmm. even with you know you know everyone's gonna have a bad call occasionally right but like for the most part for the large majority of the game Al Golden called a wonderful game, in my opinion, right? So, yes, we have to see what he does on a on a on just a week instead of an off season type of pro- progression. But I'm excited to see what it looks like because, I, again, I want to see aggressiveness in this game on both sides of the football, but especially defensively. Like I want them to be able to fly to the football, and I think this is a game where you can take some chances if you're Al Golden. Like you mentioned, pressure packages, right? Why not? design a couple pressure packages that maybe you didn't use last week that you guys kind of want to see what it looks like with these, with the scheme that you have with the players you have. I want to see a lot. I want to see different things defensively. Like I think that Notre Dame showed last week that they can do, they can do a baseline really well. You know, like Mm -hmm. you saw them, they could cover, they could run fit for the most part. Like there was good things across the board. This is a week where you kind of test some things out and you see how far maybe you can push the playbook a little bit. So I want to see how Olga, right. Al Golden responds, but I really hope that he, like uh, and um, like Tommy Reese on the other side of things, I hope he opens things up a little bit and he tries some mm-hmm. stuff. Like I want to see a little bit of aggressiveness and a little bit of the, the playbook opened up a little bit in week two. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I understand why they didn't against Ohio State. To me, when you do that defensively, it's a twofold thing. Number one is I trust my guys to make plays. I trust my defensive line to make plays. They didn't. Okay, but he trusted them. For the most part, they didn't. And the number two is the more aggressive you are against Team Ohio State, the more likely you are to give up a slant route for a 60-yard touchdown, you know, because you blitz behind it and they throw behind it. And it's that one time that your corner doesn't quite close well enough on that big-time receiver that all of a sudden you give up a big play. So I understand it, but I do I do want to see it more. I want to see a little bit more aggressiveness that give people some things to think about. But, you know, we'll see if that kind of plays out that way. Let's dive into that the the, the – keys to the success for them because I think it ties right into what you just said, Ryan. And the first one for me is be aggressive. And this this isn't this is a twofold look. And you and I were talking about this before the show. Number one is I do want to see the pressures. I want to see tackles for loss in the run game. I want to see sacks from the quarterback. I want to see those type of things. But the aggressiveness is also just about your overall game plan because aggressiveness isn't always on defense. Hey, bring mm-hmm. seven. Right. Sometimes it's just how are you alignment wise. Yeah. And the big thing for us is Henry, uh, I always get his name, his last name right. Columbia, Columbia, Columbia. Colum- yep, got it. Uh, the the thing about him is he's smart, he's accurate, he's experienced, but he can't throw it really hard and he can't throw it really far, at least not consistently. And he can get shook by pressure. And when he gets shook by pressure, he turns the ball over because he's turned the ball over quite a bit in his career. I don't know, like if you look at his interceptions per attempt ratio, it's not good. Yeah. So how do you do that? Number one, you don't let them throw a quick game. Like, I do not want to see this Notre Dame defense coming out on Saturday playing seven, eight yards off the ball, just giving up pitches and quick slides and outs. Make them beat you down the field because Ohio State couldn't. So make Marshall do it. And so I want to see a variety. I mean, look, mix up your coverages, do all that kind of stuff. You don't just, that doesn't mean you just come out and cover one all day, right? Because anybody worth the grain of salt is going to find a way to beat you if you just come up and cover one all day, right? Do it. Do it. No, don't do it. Uh, it's about mixing up your coverages, mixing up your looks, you know, making them think, hey, you know, this series, it looks like we're playing four, but we're actually rolling to sky. So our our corner, our corner is going to come up at the snap. You know, sometimes it's, hey, you drop your corner, but you're buzzing your your will or your your viper underneath any quick throws to take those away. There's a lot of different ways to attack the quick game that Notre Dame needs to be able to do. And yeah, they could just come up and maybe play cover one against Marshall all day, but it's kind of like what we said yesterday. You can go out and bully Marshall, but you're not making your football team any better. It may make you feel better about like, hey, we're, we were able to do this, but it doesn't make you better for the next week because you're not doing that in a rematch against Ohio State. You're not doing that against Clumps. You're not doing that against Alabama. So mix up your coverage and disguise it, but be aggressive with your coverages. Make teams beat you down the field because you do have a, at least one safety. And if Ramon Henderson can kind of get out of the, whatever funk he was in on Saturday, you have at least two safeties that are pretty rangy guys can help you protect over the top. And so I, I think there's a better alignment to do that. And then that allows your blitz packages and your front four to get to the quarterback. Because what Ohio State did against Notre Dame was they just quick game Notre Dame all day because they were worried about the pass rush. 
and Notre Dame did a good job of rallying the football. They, like we we talked about the the tackling needs to get better, but one of the areas where I thought it was really good was the corners and the flat defenders did a great job of when Ohio State guys caught the football. For the most part, they brought them down where they caught it. For the most part, you know, and that's a key, and that's a very important key to beating Ohio State. Marshall's a different story because they don't have C.J. Stroud, a quarterback who can throw a beautiful deep ball. They don't have Marvin Harrison Jr., Nemeka Egbuka, and Jackson Smith and Jigba outside to beat you. I'm not letting Corey Gamage catch eight balls in this game. He's going to have to throw the ball downfield to beat me. And so that's a big part of this game plan too, Ryan, is be aggressive, take away the quicks, make them throw the ball down the field because I don't think their quarterback's going to have enough time to do it. And when he does do it, I don't think he's going to be overly accurate. And I think that's going to get into the third key, which is get the ball. Right. Yes. And so, you know, we'll get to that a little bit more. Well, actually, let's do it. Let's do it now because it kind of goes with this. The mm-hmm. longer that quarterback has to hold the ball, the more chances you are, you're going to get that ball, whether it's sacks or turnovers or whatever the case may be. I think those two things, in a lot of ways, Ryan, go hand in hand in this game. Yeah. I, I don't think that Henry Columbia manages chaos well. Right. And mm-hmm. not many quarterbacks do, but I think that there's some quarterbacks that handle it less ideally than others do. Right. So I think that you need to put pressure on this kid. And that's just not just pressure as in pass rush, which is important. Notre Dame needs to get home. There's no doubt. They need to get to the quarterback. But more than anything, Brian, I, I mean, we spoke before the show, and you just kind of reiterated it again. If Notre Dame is just playing off coverage all day against his team or zone, I'm going to be like I'm be a little perturbed, be completely honest about mm-hmm. it, man. Like I want Notre Dame to get in their face a little bit. Let's get some press covers. Let's get some press bail. Let's get some man coverage. Like I want to see that in – a lot of instances in this game because you're in a position where you can afford to be aggressive. You can because you have the talent advantage. And we know, like you said, the wide receivers are bigger guys for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, Corey Gamage is 6'4", 220. The one is 6'1", 190 something. Like they have a little bit of size. There's another 6'3 kid in the wide receiver group. So Marshall has some size. I don't know how much speed they have right so i don't think that you should be worried about them throwing the ball over your head just because of the wide receivers in general but then also you couple that with the fact that that's just not henry columbia's game there's no Mm -hmm. reason that you shouldn't be closer to the line of scrimmage in this game there's no reason that you shouldn't challenge this team and up front creates a movement man this is how your team is built especially your front four i mean you're you're a team that is designed off of being a one gap penetration style defense Notre Dame mm-hmm. needs to create that chaos because then what do you have behind them, Brian? You also have your best playmaker in theory on the second level is Maris Loifau, who also wins by being aggressive and using his athleticism. So mm-hmm. using that on the two levels, I think, is paramount. And in the cornerback room, a defensive back room, I should just say in general, I want to see you come up and take some chances. I do because you have enough makeup speed on the back end where – if you have a bad jam at the line against core damage, I think you can still recover, right? Like, I don't think that you're out of the play in that instance. So I need to see aggressiveness. I, I completely understand why it wasn't a huge point of emphasis against Ohio State, but your game plan mm-hmm. worked. It did. You, right. you said, we're going to tackle what's in front of us. We're not going to get beat deep. Cool. It worked. Against mm-hmm. this team, you do not have to play that way. Right. And that is the thing right. is you need to you need to create your emphasis and your game plan around how can you beat the team that cross from you in the best possible way. The best possible way is to get physical with this team and be aggressive, in my opinion. I want to make sure people understand this isn't a criticism of Notre Dame's game plan against Ohio State. Neither of us are doing that. It's It changes from week to week depending on what the strengths and weaknesses of your opponent and how you match up on them. I thought the game plan to be – 
not because I don't think they lacked aggressiveness. They just they were not they were guarding against the deep ball more and guarding against the seams and the different things like that. And it's what you needed to do against Ohio State. It was smart. It just this week it's a different game plan and it's a different strength and it's a different weakness for your opponent. And that's why we are looking at it this way. I think my number two key is basic. We don't need to focus too much on that. And that is limit the big plays. And and it really is simple, guys. If and gals, if Toledo doesn't have big plays against Notre Dame last year, it's not competitive. And of course, part of that was everybody thought, well, the defense gave up, you know, 29 points against Toledo. No, they didn't, because the offense threw a pick six in that game. Don't give up the 67 yard play on a wheel route early in the game where your safety goes underneath his help instead of over the top to defend against it. Right. Don't mm-hmm. blow assignments and, and have the wrong call in and, and allow Toledo to rip off a 66 yard run to set up another touchdown. You know, and, and it's just those kind of things. We saw it against Florida State. Limit those things. And all of a sudden, Marshall is just simply not good enough to go up and down the field consistently. Cause you know who else wasn't good enough to do that? Florida State, Toledo, right? Yeah. I mean, those type of teams. And what they did a great job of against Purdue was limiting the big plays. And the result was Purdue couldn't score on Notre Dame because they couldn't rip off the big plays. And so they only had, what, 13 points. Uh, Wisconsin, they limited the big plays. So Wisconsin only had 13 points. And the games where Notre Dame gave up big plays, North Carolina, Notre Dame did not protect against big plays. And North Carolina moved the ball up and down the field with, you know, blown coverages on, you know, you had a, a penalty that should have been called on the wheel route, but also there wasn't help given to Tariq over the top. That should have been given mm-hmm. to him on the wheel route. You had the blown coverage by Ramon. We saw a corner that went for an easy touchdown. You had Ty Chandler going for 50-yard touchdown on, on blown assignments and bad fits. You had Sam, you know, uh, you had Sam Howe scrambling for big gains. It, a lot of it was just silly mental mistakes, technical mistakes. When you clean those up, teams could not score on Notre Dame last year when that stuff was cleaned up. And mm-hmm. when they did that stuff, it allowed teams to be in the game. And it's so it's simple. Limit the big plays, and this team is not anywhere close to being good enough to move the ball up and down the field on Notre Dame and make this a ball game. And yep. so, I mean, those are the, however you're going to give them up: blown coverages, win the ball, you know, tackle. All those things factor into limiting big plays. Limit big plays, and Marshall has no chance in this football game. It's it's also not how Marshall wins either, right? right. Like they're not an explosive team, right? I mean, like. Kalen LeBourne is a tough downhill runner that can, you know, break off a 15 to 20 yarder occasionally, right? Corey Gamage can win a 20 yard, 50, 50 ball down the field, 20, 25 yard, 50, 50 ball. This team is not built off of explosive plays. So like, let's not make a team something that they're not like if Brian, you want to talk about SOS. I'd be sending out an SOS. If Notre Dame leaves this game and they give up a bunch of explosive plays to Marshall, it's not how they're built, man. That's why they are a, heavy RPO screen team. Like that's why they are the way they are. They're not a team that should be breaking off 50, 60 yard plays. Like that's just not how they're built. It's just not their, their style. So, I mean, yes, I agree with you completely because if, if Notre Dame does that, not only are they going to make the game closer than it should be in the most inopportune times, you're also making a team better than they are, right? Like you are making a team, something that they are not, this team is not an explosive playmaking team on the offensive side of the football. They're methodical. They want to play. A, they want to run a bunch of plays. Henry Henry Columbia was twenty four out of twenty six last game, right? Like it's about efficiency. It's about getting the football right. out of your hands. They're not an explosive team. They're not because so, it's not the same offense as last year. Th- no, that's that's not. the that's the point that that we're making here is you know like, yeah. Grant Wells could throw the ball downfield last year. 
it, 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 even then they weren't doing it a ton. Right. You know, they're going to try to get their guys in space, get them the football. It, it's really similar to Ohio State, not schematically, but philosophically, in that it's catching runs. They're going to run the football, yes. you know, it, but you don't have Rashim Ali anymore to take the pressure off of the pass of, of the of the offense anymore. So, you know, like you said, Ryan, is is they weren't a they weren't a, a huge throw it down the field team last year, but they could hit it. They could yes. hit the ball down the field because they have good players at receiver. And they had a quarterback that could throw the ball down the field. Uh, that's I just don't believe that to be the case this year. Uh, I mean, just for for uh, just to make a point, they hit twenty six throws down the field last year. They had they hit twenty six throws that went at least according to Pro Football Focus, which again, as I've said, I like them for data collection. Uh, but they hit twenty six throws on on balls that were twenty yards or, or more down the field. But you know what else they did last year on those throws? Threw five picks. Yeah, because it's just you know they're not great at it, and so. Those are the things, and if you kind of break it down game by game, you can see, okay, now we know why they hit those, that number. They hit this number against this team that's not good and this number against that team that's not good. So it's just not who they are. And and so, you know, for me, Ryan, I just it, – it, it's about execution. And then and that's the one thing that really impressed me. Uh, by the way, last year, Henry, Henry Columbia last year, starting quarterback at Texas Tech, threw, uh, threw 150 passes. Uh, he only attempted 25 beyond 20 yards or more yeah and he only completed an extra 17 on 10 yards or throw 10 yards or, or closer so uh, last year he completed 95 passes and 67 of them were on throws that traveled less than 10 yards down the field just to mm-hmm. reiterate our point with data and uh you know so to me when i when i look at 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 this uh those are the things that i need to see right, mm-hmm. is is limit those things. And and I think the encouraging thing for me uh, to kind of get back to this current matchup is, um, oh, by the way, last week against uh, Norfolk State, they went 0 for 1 on attempts of at least 20 yards down the field. Well, I was going to say – they went yeah, 3 like, for 3 against on throws between 11 and 19. Yeah, I was going to say, Brian, because he was – I mean, he completed 24 passes and it was for like 210 yards or something like that, right? So, right. I mean, like you got to imagine the average depth of right. target is pretty low in that Nine instance, of them are know? behind the line of scrimmage, Ryan. Yeah. Nine yep. of them yep. are behind the line of scrimmage. And 12 of them were less than 10 yards. So, to your – just using data to back up the point. So, take that stuff away and you're now eliminating what they want to do well. Yep. And I think that's a, a definitely a recipe for success. Eliminate eliminate sure. the run game, eliminate the screen game and the RPO game and force them to do stuff that they are uncomfortable doing. That is that is the point yeah. of it. I agree completely. And how do you do that? You how do you force people to do something? You be aggressive and do it well. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. point like to it. Yeah. Yeah. And and so the other thing, last thing, Ryan, before we move on to questions, we're going to take y'all's questions next and have a little bit of fun talking about uh, some different things you all want to talk about. I know one thing we won't be talking about today. Uh, we're gonna be talking about sports. But special teams, yes. this is an interesting situation. I thought the two areas that we were the, – the, the Ohio State game was so weird in so many different ways. What mm. was the two biggest question marks about this team coming into the opener? Or the three the, – this kind of one overarching. It was a kicking game. Kicking. Kicking game. Hunting, yeah, yeah. kicking, kicking – place kicking and kicking off. I had mm. never heard of the kid that did kickoffs in the game before Saturday. Never heard of him. I cover Notre Dame for a living, and I and his name was never brought up to me in a conversation. I never was told about him at practice. And then what does he do? He kicks every freaking ball out of the, into the end zone. 
I was like, imagine that. Imagine (laughs) that. Like, I love this kid, right? Like, I don't know who this kid is, but I'm a big fan, you know? So uh, don't give him a chance to return the ball. You know, if they want to try to give Marshall some attempts to return, that's fine. But there was no reason to give Ohio State a chance to return kicks on Saturday. None. And John Sott was good. I mean, his kicks were inconsistent. But you know what Ohio State couldn't do against him? Return it. They had one return for four yards. He had eight punts. And then Blake Groupie was perfect two for two, made his only field goal and then made his only extra point. So the one thing we were most concerned about was the best part of Notre Dame's special teams on Saturday. The coverage on punt was good too. I'll, I'll give them that. Yes, the punt was. was really good too. But the kick mm-hmm. return coverage didn't get a chance to do anything. The kick return game was not good. Marcus Freeman said today that I thought they kind of over, uh, how do you say it? It was sort of like maybe overthought it a little bit, right? The game plan. Uh, what they were trying to do, just look, here's here's what I care about in the special teams this week, Ryan. No mistakes. Just yes. no no miss points, no giving them points. Don't do anything that's going to allow Marshall to stay in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Don't do, it's like Lou Samoja used to say this, and I loved it because he would say it all the time. And he would get this when we do shows together, he'd get this little smirk. I wish we could have done shows together like like in this format where you could see his facial expressions because he would always get this smirk on his face and he would say it. Uh, but when he talked about uh, special teams, he compared it to the Hippocratic Oath as a doctor, right? It's like, do no harm, right? That was the thing. Do no harm. That was Lou's big thing on special teams, especially in games like this. Do no harm. And I always think about Lou uh, with you know home openers, and, and I'm going to be thinking about him a lot on Saturday. But uh, I used to love when he would say that, Ryan, and it would always be games like this, especially. He'd say, do no harm. And that's really yeah. what it boils down to for special teams in this game, right, is don't do anything that costs your team. Right. Make your kicks cover. Don't do any. Don't turn a ball over. Play sound football. That that's all I ever care about with special teams. Do your job. Yes. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, I think someone said it before. I, I said, like, the kickers, the punters, like, I don't want to notice you, right? Like, right. long snappers, I don't want to notice you, man. Like, just do your job and make it monotonous. Like, I did not notice Blake Groupie last, last week, even though he had a nice field goal. Like, Good job, man. You did everything you needed to in that game. Fantastic. Punning. John Sott, like I thought it was consistent. I, not consistent, but it was a solid product overall, right? Like he did his job. And I'm like, cool. Didn't have to talk about John Sott on the on the postgame show. Awesome. That's great, man. Good. The things that we had to talk about, though, was the two biggest things was the kick, um, kick return unit, like you said. And also, Brian... Can Notre Dame return a punt at some point in my lifetime? Right. Can this happen? I don't know. If well, this Marcus Freeman happen, talked man. about that today, which I was yeah, happy about. Yeah. He he talked yeah. about that today. He said, look, I want him to be more aggressive, but yeah. then also being smart, right? Because that's a fine line between the two. Hey, I want you yeah. to be aggressive. I want you to return more kicks, but then also don't do something stupid like, oh, I think I got this. And as you catch it, you get hit right. by three guys and you fumble the football or you well, try to is- run up. 30 yards and, and slide to catch a ball that bounces off yeah. your chest and the other team recovers, right? Like be smart, but then also be aggressive. And, and but yeah. I think it's, it, here's the thing about that though, Ryan, 
your whole game plan on both sides of the ball was about not being aggressive. So you can't just flip the switch on when you get the punt return, right? It's don't give up a big play on defense. Be conservative on offense. And so this whole this there's a reason that we are talking about aggressiveness on both sides of the ball, and I'm going to talk about it again here because that is a mentality that is instilled on you and how you go about your business throughout every single day. It's not something you just flip the switch on because your game plan calls were on Saturday. And so I did like hearing that from him about the offense and the special teams especially because that is something you want to see. If you're going to be aggressive, then you need to be aggressive. And then it starts to manifest itself in every other way. So that's why I do. we do need to see that. Uh, in this in this game for sure yeah it, it would have just been nice because I, I i completely understand you're you know you're you're not wrong in the fact of like hey if you're if you're bringing a pass i don't want to call it passive if you if it's not an aggressive game plan then conservative how about conservative. that conservative yes right. conservative is a much more a much more appealing word to being right because because passive has a, a negative connotation that connotation. we're not intending right 100 like yeah. soft right yes, it's, 100%. it's not the intention of what we're saying in the game last week, there, especially when your offense is struggling a little bit, there were just a couple punts in that game that I felt like Brandon Joseph could have returned, right? Like there was definitely mm-hmm. a couple where I'm just like, nope, fair catch. Do not go near that yeah. ball. To your point, you got to be smart with it, right? And I want to see, I mean, the kick return game, like when they have their opportunities, I want to get Chris Tyree in the open. I want to establish kind of that, that momentum going because we know he's a great kick returner. We know that we've seen it. We have seen that product already, and it has scored touchdowns at Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. I want to see that product do a better job. Aggressiveness, again, like aggressive blocking on the kick return unit. Like that has to be a big point of emphasis. And then punt return, like I don't need I don't need Brandon Joseph to return every punt. I don't. I need him to return it though when your offense is struggling a little bit right. to kind of give you guys a little bit of a pickup. Like, hey, right. let's flip field position a little bit here. Let's let's. And, and Ryan, I, I, would you agree that in the game of college football now, you're not going to get mm-hmm. five or six punt return opportunities. You're going to get no. one or two a game, maybe. Mm-hmm. When yeah. those times come, you have to take advantage because you may not get another one. And it's because of the way the spread punt is and, and all the different types of ways that guys, you know, now teams, if you're not aggressive, like one thing I would like to see Notre Dame do more of is the, from an aggressive standpoint is attack the punter more. Because one of the reasons teams are so good in coverage is because punters nowadays take the ball and then they kind of run off to their right. And then yes. it's the rugby punt thing and then kick it because you're not attacking it because you're not attacking it because of the way the teams now do with the shield with the three big guys up front. Right. Well, I still want to attack it. Right, because we saw yes. that. What was the game we saw that against? Uh, was it the Clemson Georgia Tech game, where the Georgia Tech punter thought he had all day yes. to punt? It was the thing that kind of yep. broke that game open. The jo- mm-hmm. Georgia Tech was hanging with Clemson, and the Georgia was, Tech was it a zero zero at that time? Right? Wasn't it zero zero or seven zero? Maybe something, I think it was something seven. early. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I'd have to go back and look at it, Ryan. I don't remember, yeah. but it was a, it was still a very low scoring contested game, and that was the first big momentum break that Clemson had in that game and it was because the punter had in his head that i got all day to to kick it and clemson went after it and got it so i would like to see that because then all of a sudden the other team says hey we got to make sure that we're committing a little bit more resources or maybe have our front line hold just a split second longer to make sure that they can hold those guys up because notre dame's going to try to throw forward our three blockers right because hey they are not as concerned as much about returning that's the thing i've never understood if you're not going to be about returning and the returning is just going to, this is what I never understood about Notre Dame with Brian Polian. It was so dumb. If you're not going to care about returning, 
then at least go after punts. Yes. At least make, because then you can, even if it's not about blocking it all the time, if the guy gets in his head that I got to get this sucker off quick, then guess what he's going to do? He's going to shank some. He's going to muff yeah. some. He may drop the ball because he's worried about the pressure. These are punters after all, with all due respect. And mm-hmm. so I've never understood that. So if you're not going to be a team that's setting up returns, and it's hard to set up returns nowadays like it used to be. You, know, you don't do wall returns like you used to back in the day when teams were, you know, in the old school traditional punt where, you know, guys were, you know, one, two, three, set and go, you know, mm-hmm. and you could just hit and then pew, take off running. It's different now because they do have the resources in the back line. So uh, then be more aggressive. Then try to force the punter into a mistake. And those yeah. are things that I would like to see more of. So that aggressiveness comes from the return game as well. You know, and, and look, and if team wants to get as aggressive as Ohio State did on Saturday, mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. you know, try to be smart and re- call a return to the other side or try to do a reverse or something like that. You know what I mean? Like try to do yeah. something that gets their th- th- their ability to just kind of run fast in a straight line uh, a little bit out on top of blocking a little bit better. Well, we saw Brian Mason when he was at Cincinnati be kind of an aggressive style special teamer. I mean, they blocked several kicks. Weren't they tied for the, like the NCAA lead last year or something? Yeah, like they that blocked like six kicks? or seven kicks or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, last yeah. Year, so yeah. I mean, we we've seen that from him. So again, like you know, but it's I, the head, I'm, I'm ultimately it's the head coach's decision, right? I mean, that 100. Yeah. Well, I was just yeah. going to say I subscribe to your thought process that again it was it was more of a non-aggressive kind of style from a coaching perspective on this past Saturday. So I'm curious to see if they, maybe they open that up a little bit and they start to kind of work that in. I don't need them to try to block every punt against Marshall. Like I don't need that, right? Like you only need to pick your spots with it, in my opinion, as long as you are setting up for a return. But I I, I am curious to see if there's a more aggressive style on right. the punt block side of things. Cause we have seen that from Brian Mason in the past, obviously. That's all going to be part of the very, very interesting aspect of this because it can't just be, hey, let's be aggressive for Marshall, but then when we go play North Carolina or Clemson or BYU, we're going to you know, tamp it down a little bit. No, this has to be who you are. You're either attacking an attacking team or you're not. It's as simple as that. And so I hope that this is a, you know what, like I, because sometimes you can lose a game and be like, dude, I did not, eat. like I've said this before, Ryan, I've had it in my coaching career and playing career. I know you've had it. I've seen it with Notre Dame where it's like, you know what? It didn't really matter what we did. You know, that team was better than us that day. Or it's like, hey, you know what? We battled our butts off. Like the twenty-seven, the 2014 game against Florida State. There, I don't have, I don't say anything. Hey, this coordinator should have done this or the player should have done it. Look, you battled your butts off. Florida State was better than you that day. And they had a little bit of help from the guys in black and white. Right. I mean, okay. It, it, it just, they just got us that day. Right. Bama in 2020 was better than Notre Dame. But the, mm-hmm. the feeling that you had was, but you didn't see Notre Dame give their best because they were they were afraid, you know, they coached like they didn't want to get blown out. And it's those games to me that you have those sick feeling in your stomach mm-hmm. where you feel like, you know, we didn't put it all out there. I, right. I look, I, I've had games, Ryan, where we've gotten beat convincingly. Now Union was one when I was coaching at Wittenberg. Where it's like, you know what? I I felt I felt okay after that game. I hate losing, no matter who it's to. But you're like, our kids played their butts off. We had an aggressive game plan. That team was just better than we were. Mm-hmm. But the games where you're like, God, we left so much out on the field, and it's almost like, yeah, you lost in a close game. You gained respect, but it's just like, but we played not to lose, or we did this because we coached. Fr- it's like it's just a sick feeling. So my hope is that Marcus Freeman and the staff just kind of had that sick feeling, like, gosh. Yeah, okay, we had a closer game than people thought, but man, it just I don't want to lose that way again. 
I want to go down yeah. swinging, yep. you know, and, and that's the thing that I would hope that we'll see more. I, I'm always a big fan of that. Go down swinging, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, boxers. I, I, I can't stand guys that, you know, like the, just like, you know, bob and weave their way to a 12 round loss. You know, it's, okay, you still lost, you know, it's like go yep. out there and fight. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I love watching the, the small dudes. Cause like, I feel like those dudes go out there and they just start swinging. You know, and then the heavyweights like dance with each other for 12 freaking rounds. That's why I can't watch boxing anymore. It's like, you know, like give me those tiny dudes that just go out there and throw 500 punches a fight. You know, that's what I want to see. Uh, anyway, I get off my soapbox, but I just want to see guys go down swinging. And, and it's, it is, but it's a mentality that it's established Monday through Friday. You don't just turn mm-hmm. it on when you're calling plays on Saturday. And so yep. that's what I'm hoping we got, we see this weekend. No doubt about it. So, Ryan, that's going to be the keys to the game breakdown for today. Uh, Before we head out to the mailbag, right, we're going to go out and do the mailbag next. Please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, give us a five-star review. Check out all of our links below in the description bar. We've got our shop, we've got our Built Bar stuff, got a lot lot of things going on. Check out our CFP Nation podcast. Definitely subscribe to that. We would greatly appreciate that. And then listen to the shows to help us continue to grow and expand because the more you listen, the more it gets pumped up by the SEO and the analytics and all that stuff. And then more and more people have access to it. Like you all have done for this channel. You know, I mean, Ryan, we, I remember the first, we launched this in December of 2020 and the first month we had like maybe 30,000 downloads and then it was up to 40 and then 60, you know, we're on pace to almost half a million downloads this month is the pace we're on. So y'all have been a big reason for that. And so we greatly appreciate it. And we're trying to get our CFB nation channel launched on that as well. (laughs) 